0: Good to see everybody here this evening. I welcome you to our evening service. And as I say on Sunday morning, I'll say it tonight. It's a great day to be in the Lord's house. A great day to be in the Lord's house. And I want to thank the church. I appreciate the opportunity here. I'm humbled by the opportunity to share the word, proclaim the, God's word. And that's why, that's why I told Brother Cheryl when he saw that big long list. I told him, well, I'm proclaiming the word. It's not my word that's important. It's the Lord's word that's important. Tonight. And the subject tonight is, might be kind of, it's throughout the Bible. We can see it on page one all the way to the end of the Bible. We live in a divided world. The world is divided by one division those that are saved and those that are not. Those that are on the broad way and those that are on the narrow way. There's two kinds of sin. Did you know that? There's forgiven sin and unforgiven sin. There's two kinds of sinners. There's a repentant sinner and the unrepentant sinner. And so what the message is tonight is about two roads. There's two roads that we're on, and we're all on one of those two roads. There's not many roads. You know, we can look around the world and we can see roads outside here and roads there. And there were, but the roads I'm going to talk about are spiritual roads, our walk in life. And there's only two that we have. And the questions we have to answer are, what are the two roads? How do we recognize each road? Which one are you on? And how do you get on the right one? I remember a trip that I made uh, with my family a few years ago out west. And uh, we used to go out there quite often. We lived out there for five years. And we made several trips out there. And one trip, we was going through Colorado, and I think we was on I-70. And we came to a place where we could get off the interstate, and there was an entry to a national forest there. Now, you've got to remember, I was driving a Grand Am. Uh, and I had myself, my wife, and three kids, and a big luggage rack on top of the car. And it was low. Low car, but to go in that natural forest, it was a gravel for short ways, and it turned into uh, dirt. Uh, I knew what it did because I I got them out there. I don't go anywhere without a map, or I didn't then, I still don't. So I knew what it was going and what it would do. Well, we turned off the Broadway, we turned off of the interstate, and we turned onto this little narrow road. And it was, and I was hoping to see some wildlife, like some elk or something across through there. We drove for 15 miles across through there. We stopped about halfway and had a picnic lunch. Never saw a thing. Didn't see nothing. But fortunately, it was dry. It was in the summertime. There wasn't no snow, and and so we got across there no problem at all. I think we drove a couple of places, but the wife and kids were kind of concerned. But I knew where I was going. I've never been lost. I hate to brag. I'm not bragging really. I've never been lost. I wasn't lost when I was in the army. I wasn't lost when I was hunting or in the woods. I've never been lost on the road. I always knew where I was going or where I'd end up. And uh, so I wasn't worried about it. So I knew where that narrow road leads. And we tonight, we can find out, if you don't know, where the narrow road leads spiritually and where the broad road leads. We can see some examples of the two roads in the Bible. If you look in Genesis, 3, 6, chapter 3, verse 6. And this is the first great division, great division in the world. And we see a dividing point here. In verse 6 it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to, to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave it also to her husband with her, and he did eat. The reason that's a dividing line, that was a choice that they made, which was to disobey the commandment of God. They were commanded not to eat of that tree, and they did. You know, our world is full of choices. We make choices every day. We make choices from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. You make a choice when you wake up to wake up. And you make a choice to get out of bed. You make a choice where you eat breakfast or don't eat breakfast, or what you eat for breakfast. You made a choice this morning whether to come to church or not. You made a choice toward to come back tonight. You made a choice to listen or not listen. Lots of choices we make. You made a choice either to receive Christ or not to receive Christ. And now there's a cause for that choice. The choice is not the cause of your salvation. And we'll talk about that. But that was a a great division. Look in Genesis 4, chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. It says, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and slew him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain made the choice. It was another great first murder recorded in history. And remember, the Bible is his story. God's story from beginning to end. And people want to bypass that a lot of times. And they don't want to have anything to do with the, the Bible. If you don't believe the first verse of the Bible, it's no use in going to the rest of it. It's God's Word from beginning to end. Genesis 7, chapter 7, and verse 7. I'll read a few verses here. <clears throat> Verse 7, it says, And Noah went in his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because the waters of the flood. And verse 21, I'm going to skip down here, and it says, And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of the fowl and the cattle and the beasts, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man. So there was two people, two choices there. One, Noah and his family, they chose to go in the ark because they, they believed God and they obeyed him Noah preached for a, over a hundred years to the people around him nobody else was saved nobody else came into the ark they chose to stay outside the ark I mean after all it had never rained before and this was a funny contraption sitting out in the middle of dry, on dry land so why should they? well because they didn't believe God they had turned from God that's how corrupt the world had gotten they were not interested and what God said. They were not interested in obeying him. They were not seeking God. And God had already condemned them. And they all died. In the flood. That was one big choice wasn't it? One bad road. That they took. <laughs> that time. Look in uh, Genesis chapter 13. Verses 9 through 13. I'm just giving you examples right now, and we're going to talk about those points I was talking about as we get down to them. This is Abraham and Lot. Lot came with Abraham when uh, God commanded him to go into the land of Canaan, and Lot was with him, and their herds got too big, and they couldn't stay in one spot together, so they decided to go their separate ways. And this is Abraham speaking. To Lot, is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, I will go to the right hand. If thou wilt depart into the right hand, I will go to the left hand. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, before he destroyed them, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest into Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves from one to the other. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. And then verse 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And we know the rest of the story already. I don't have to give you the Paul Harvey version of it. God destroyed him, and Lot had to flee that city. And that was a bad road he took. It looked good, and sometimes in life we can see down through life we can see. Well, this road looks good, and that doesn't look good. I remember in Colorado, my wife and sons didn't think that road looked too good, and it didn't look too good. But it came out all right. We came out onto a good, good blacktop road and ended up where we were going. So it ended up good. But sometimes we think the road looks good. Lot said a green plain, lots of grass, lots of, that's a good place to go. But he hadn't, he didn't know what was going to happen, of course. And so that was a bad road he took. It ended up being bad physically, worldly, and spiritually for him. Then we look, uh, let's look at Exodus I promise you, I'll get out of the Old Testament here in a little bit, but they've got some... I had to narrow these examples down because we could have went example after example after example through just about every chapter in the book of of the Bible. And so, but look in Exodus chapter 2, and we talk about Moses in Egypt. And if you want a list of all these... uh, Verses, by the way, I made some copies and laid them back out there on the table. So if you don't have something, write them down and you don't get them and you want them by chance. They're back there if you want them. Verse 11, it says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on the burdens and he spied an Egyptian, smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now Moses was about 40 years old this time. He had lived in the house of Pharaoh for 40 years, had grown up there and was trained there, but he knew that he was a Hebrew. Verse 12 said, He looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He chose a road. He made a choice of the road. and it says, And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to them, To him that did thee wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Now we know the rest of the story there too. He fled into the wilderness. And he lived in the wilderness for 40 years. Another 40 years. And then God called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness. Happened to go into the wilderness where Moses had fled to. And so there was a purpose in that. That didn't look like a very good road at all to take, to go out into the wilderness. But he chose it, and it turned out to be all according to God's plan. And it all worked out. By the way, God is sovereign. He's absolutely sovereign. He's in control of all things. And the providence of God works in mysterious ways sometimes we don't see and don't understand. When Moses fled into the, to the wilderness, his main concern was to get away from Pharaoh so that Pharaoh wouldn't kill him because he had killed an Egyptian. He had no, no idea that he was fleeing to God and that God was going to call him to lead the children of Israel at that point in time but it was in God's hand. So that narrow way led to the salvation for the whole nation of Israel for that. Then just a couple more here. Exodus 14. <clears throat> and this is one that everybody's familiar with. And, and, uh, let's see. I'm not going to read all this. Verse 23. Now this is where the Israelites were leaving Egypt and the Egyptians pursued them. In verse 23 it says the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea. Remember God had split the Red Sea and allowed Israel to go across on dry land. And so Pharaoh thought he would do the same thing. He chose a road. He could have turned around and went back when he seen what God had done. But God had hardened his heart, and he was determined to chase after Israel. So he chose that road. He thought it was a good road, because they went across on dry land. If they could do it, I could do it. That's what he chose. But he said. Went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. (laughs) It wasn't a good road at all, was it? And drove them, they drove them heavily. The Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fought them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thy hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, and upon their chariots, and upon their horses. In verse 28 is a key verse. And the waters returned and covered the chariots, and the horsemen, and the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. That's the road he chose. It didn't turn out to be a very good one, did it? We all have choices in life. He thought it would look like a good road, and it wasn't. Then one last one here in the Old Testament, Numbers 14. I hope I'm not boring you with these. I just want to set these examples in your mind as we move forward. Numbers chapter 14, verse 4. This is when the children of Israel had gone through the wilderness, and now they were at the border of the land of Canaan the first time. And they come up to the border, and they had sent out spies. The spies had come back and given them a report of the land. And some of the spies, two of them, gave a good report. Ten of them gave a bad report. And this is what the children of Israel decided to do in verse 4. And they said, one to another, let us make a captain, and let us return to Egypt. What was the result of that? Verse eleven, and the Lord said to Moses, "How long will this people provoke Me, and how long will it be ere they believe Me for all the signs which I have shown them, shown among them? I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and will make thee a greater nation and mightier than thee." And Moses interceded, <clears throat> and the God and the Lord listened, and and what He decided to do. It was in verse 20. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. Moses had asked him to do that. He says, But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all of these men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I shall swear unto them their fathers neither shall they any of them that provoked me see it. The only two men that were of warring age, 20 years and older, were Caleb and Joshua that lived through the, and what the Lord God did is send them back out into the wilderness for another 40 years. At this time, Moses was 80 some years old, and when they finished, the, finished it at the end, he was 120. He lived, but he died and didn't go over Jordan. Only two men above 20 years old were Caleb and Joshua. But that was the road they chose. It looked like a good one to them at that time. They didn't want to go up and fight the giants. But they didn't have faith. They liked faith. So they chose a road of faithless against God. They had murmured against God. And so they liked the faith. So sometimes the road we choose is because of a lack of faith. And the Bible tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In the New Testament, I won't have as many, just a few of them I want to cover. And look in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Now this was Jesus identifying... Those that had chosen a narrow way. Those that choose a narrow way. And Jesus said to his disciples, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. That identifies them, those that have followed Jesus. Jesus that are following the narrow way. The narrow way (coughs) is the right way. I want to go back and look at Matthew 7, 13, 14. I should have read that one before I read that in the John. It makes, makes it more logical anyway. This is Jesus speaking. He says, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. That defines the narrow way and the broad way. And what the example in John 13 was the example of the disciples which chose the narrow way to follow Jesus. Look in Matthew 26, and you'll see an example of one that did not choose the narrow way. Matthew 26 verses 47, 48. This is a betrayal of Jesus, of Jesus by Judas. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, When whosoever, rather, I shall kiss, then the same he hold him hold him fast. And we know the rest of the story there. Judas ended up hanging himself. For 30 pieces of silver. He made this betrayal. He thought it looked like a good road. Got him some money. Didn't turn out so well, did it? Look in Luke 18. Luke 18, 23 and 24. This is Jesus conversing with the rich young ruler. Verse, let's back up to verse 22. and says, And now when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You lackest thou one thing. Cheryl preached on this not too long ago. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And this was his response. The young ruler said, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. Now that doesn't mean that this man was not saved later on because the Bible says that Jesus loved him. He may have been, but at this time he was very sorrowful. He had turned away. At least for the time being, he had chosen the wrong road. Keep in mind that we're all born, as Brother Moore said this way, this morning, on the wrong road. We're all born sinners, and we're on the wrong road. At some point in life, we have to, if we want to get on the right road, there's only one way to do it, and I'm going to talk about that when we get that far. Let's look in Luke 16, back up a couple pages. Luke 16, verses 19 through 23. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's stable, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried and this is Jesus speaking by the way in case you don't believe in hell you don't believe what happens to people that some people go to hell and Jesus says and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said Father Abraham have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Of course, most of us know the rest of the story there too. Abram said there's a great gulf and it cannot happen and it did not happen. But the rich man chose his path in life and Lazarus chose his. Lazarus obviously was a narrow way because he lay in sores. At the rich man's gate. The rich man lived a great life. But he ended up in hell. The broad way and the narrow way. There are two roads one is a rejection of Jesus, it's a life of disobedience, it's spiritual death, it's a life of sin. It leads to destruction, which I just read you. It's a life living in the flesh and without God. And leads to total, eternal separation from God. That's the broad way. Which is the second death. Look at Matthew 7, 26, 27. This is Jesus speaking again. And it says, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a foolish man, which, I misread that. And every man, let me back up. I want to back up all the way to 24 and get it straight. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descendeth, and the floods come, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Of course, a rock here is, is, uh, means Jesus Christ. It's figurative speech. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The first part, those that hear and do the the word of God, is choosing the narrow way. And the foolish man that built his house upon the sand was choosing the the, the broad road. The second road is a life of service to God, obedience to his word, your sins being forgiven, life of faith, loving one another, loving God, being filled with God's love and grace. Being born again. We heard about that this morning. I appreciated Brother Moore's message this morning. It was really a good message. Born again. Saved by the blood of Jesus. Eternal life with him. It's a spiritual life. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.9. It gives us a glimpse of what that life is. I really like this verse. I read it almost every day, but I still can't quote it. I have a very hard time quoting scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I'll get there in a minute. It's a familiar verse. We've all heard it many times. But it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for him that love him. That's where this narrow way leads. We can't imagine it. We can imagine all kinds of good things, can't we? But the Bible says we can't even, it's not even entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them. <clears throat> And we can recognize what road we're on by what's in our heart. And God knows what's in our heart because He put it there. He said, If you are my disciples, you love one another. How can you love one another? Because He puts that love in your heart. Look at Matthew seven, fifteen twenty. Back up. There's several good things in Matthew seven. Has a really good chapter. Verse twenty it says, "Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them." That's how we know you're a Christian. Not that it's we're saved by good works, but we're saved unto good works. If there's no fruit there. Then that person more than likely is not on the narrow road. (laughs) They're on the broad road still if there's no fruit. So we can recognize that in other people as well. Look in Deuteronomy 11 13. You have time to turn to them because I have time to turn to them because I didn't write, write these down. So I'm reading them out of the Bible. And this is an exhortation from Moses to the children of Israel. It says to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command thee this day for thy good. Psalms 97. I told you I was going to proclaim the word and that's what I'm, I'm attempting to do. And I'm, My prayer is that the Lord will bless it and he'll use it in some way to bring praise and honor and glory to him. You know, uh, one of the sermons that was given years ago it caused one of the greatest uh, revivals in history. wasn't a very good sermon. It was kind of red, I think, what it was. But God used it in a minor way. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. And you know who who uh, gave that sermon was Jonathan Edwards. He was my great 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 uncle. Now I don't know of any kin to him at all, but. <laughs> Anyway, I can claim that. Nobody can know any difference, right? So if I'm not doing too good, the Lord can still use it good. Verse 11. It says, Light is shown to the righteous and gladness for for the upright heart. That's how we know what's in our heart. You know what's in your heart. God knows what's in your heart. I don't. Nobody else does. That's how you know if you're on the right road. Matthew 15:9 says, "But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men." That's the commandments of man, not the commandments of God. In vain. That's how you know you're on the Broadway. And then look in Romans 10.10. I'm going to back this up just a little bit. How do you know if you're on the right way? And how do you get there? I'm going to use this over here in a minute. I'm going to use it right now. But it says, which road are you on? But now it should be obvious to you, whether you're on the right road or the wrong road, which one are you on? Which one, lead, one leads to eternal life? One leads to eternal destruction. And separation from God. So which one are we on and if you're on the wrong one, how do you get on the right one? As I said before, we all start out on the wrong road. Romans 3:23, I'm not going to turn there. It was read this morning, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. That is one of the alls in the Bible that is without exception. Everyone as sin that comes short of the glory of God. So we all start at the same place. But how do we get on the right one? Well, there's only one way. It's a narrow way. There's only one way, and that is Jesus. Look in Romans 10, 8 and 9. I want to read that one before I read the other one. but what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that this, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now you've got to be careful about that. It's not just saying those words, okay? Some people want to preach that if you say this, you're going to be saved. What did it say? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart. You believe on Jesus, that he is the Son of God, and you're trusting in him as your Lord and Savior. You've got to be careful of that word believe, too, because the Bible says that the demons believe, and the devils believe, and they tremble. So it's not just a simple belief that he is. But it's a belief in what he can do for you. That he died for your sins. And he paid the price. Price for your sins. That's what you've got to believe. And then you trust in him that he can do what he said he can do. And he proved that by his death, burial, and resurrection. We serve a risen Savior. So that is what you're believing. And then in uh, verse ten, I want to read that one. It says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The heart comes first, then you confess. Look in John 6. John chapter 6. I'm just about done. I know I'm out of time already. But I'm going to act like Cheryl for a few minutes here. (laughs) And ignore it. 6.37. This is a great promise that we have for all of those that are chosen of God. And Jesus said, And all that the Father giveth, Me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And then look at verse 44. This is why it's a narrow way. No man come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And then one last verse here, Ephesians 2. Verses 8 through 10. And that's a very familiar verse. This is the cause of your salvation. This is why you will make that choice. This is why you will confess. This is why you will believe. This is why you will trust. This is why you will be saved. And the only way is this cause. And the reason this is important is, is John 3 Three, which I won't turn to and I won't read it because it was read this morning you should remember it the key part of that is you must be born again and this is the only way that you can be born again verse 8 for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk therein. So as Brother Moore said this morning, it's not how good you are, it's not how many good things you do. We do those things because we are saved, not to be saved. And so, to get off the broad way onto the narrow way, it is by God, by his grace. You've heard that old saying, but for the grace of God, there go I. It's by the grace of God that we, if you're on the narrow way, it's on the, by the grace of God that you are on that narrow way. And you should praise him and glorify him for it. Because as Jonathan Edwards says in that sermon, in the hands of any God, we all deserve to go to hell because we're all born sinners and that's what we deserve. But because God, by his grace, chose us from before the foundation of the world to shed his grace upon us, we have the opportunity to serve him and to live eternal life with him in heaven. So if the Lord has spoke to you tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit and has shed his grace upon you, I ask that you come up and share that publicly with us as we have a song of invitation, Brother Aaron.